You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, this is Roy Thomas, and you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is the Epic Marvel Podcast, and we are back to talk about The Incredible Hulk, Volume 3. Sorry, no. Incredible Hulk, Volume 4, In the Hands of Hydra. This is covering a period of Incredible Hulk from 1969 to 1971. I am your host, Curtis Findlay, and with me today is Alex Lear. Alex, what are the issues that we're going to be covering in this episode? Depression, um, hypertension. Get it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we are covering Hulk 118 through 137 in the often forgotten Marvel Superheroes number 69. Yes, that's right. It is often forgotten. I'm glad it has a home here because really it doesn't really have a, a, a spot where it would be normally collected. Right, exactly. So this works out well. Yeah, yeah. it does. Uh, this <laughs> is an interesting period for the Hulk because uh, we are seeing a transition from the hands of Stanley over to the hands of Roy Thomas. Yes, and I think it's is a very welcome change, I'm finding, just because uh, I just think it, a fresh author was needed, I think, on this book. And I think I start, as a huge Hulk fan, I'm starting to find the Hulk by this point much more interesting than I had maybe since the beginning. The first six issues, I love those, you know, the back in 62 and 63. But, um, but now I'm, I think there's a greater dimension being added to the character by this point. I agree, I agree. I, I think that... Through the first three volumes of this, these epic collections, it was evident that Stan didn't really have a plan or a right. direction of where he wanted to go. He, so the, the title itself went through many different kind of evolutions and stages. The Hulk had sort of different concepts, whether it was the, um, the all, uh, what do you call it, just the first six issues, the way that worked, or the, yeah. the very soap opera short chapters kind of in that we saw in the second volume. He kind of meandered right. a little bit in the third volume, although there were some good stories there. Yeah, that's true. And I find that, that Roy... It takes a little sure. bit of time before he really finds his footing on this title as well. Uh, the The first yeah. maybe third of this book feels mm-hmm. sort of like Roy trying to do Stan. But, yeah, but then he <laughs> figures, works. yeah, he figures something yeah. out though. And the last two thirds of this book, I I really liked it. I thought it was excellent. Mm-hmm. Great take on yeah. the Hulk. Good storytelling. Really, oh, yeah. really good stuff from Roy. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Nice to finally get to this point. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing um, that's interesting to me is seeing the evolution of of Herb Trimpey's artwork. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he goes through a lot of changes, and, and a lot of this book is inked by himself. Like, he inks his own work. And so we yeah. get to see, like, the the what what he truly is, I think, as, as an artist uh, when he's not collaborating with another artist on his own work. 
And then, of course, Sal joins the picture later on, and that's uh, going to play big for Hulk in years oh, to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, of course, John Severin is an anchor. Yes. I mean, outstanding anchor. Um, just to go to take anyone's work and, I mean, like Dick Ayers and make it. I mean, you know, Dick's work by itself is okay, but boy, with John Severin. But that's, of course, Sergeant Fury. That's a whole other Oh, other conversation. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, when he jumps on after being absent for uh, most of this book, and he jumps on toward the end of these issues here, uh, it's yeah. like you can definitely see the difference between his style and and Herb's style, and even the way that uh, Herb, the, the like the Hulk's faces look more John Severin. He really yeah. puts a lot into his into his inking there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything about the Hulk that we need to know before going into this collection? If people are, are picking up this book yeah. without having read the first three, are there any key things that we need to know? Boy, well, I, well, certainly we. Um, I mean, if we were to just jump into one eighteen, um, I mean, obviously this kicks off right after the three parter with the leader. So probably it's good to know that Hulk had tangled with the leader uh, right before this, and I believe that wasn't there like a major bomb or something that the leader had unleashed and the Hulk had to jump up on that and tear it apart. And then I think that's why he turns back to Banner and Banner is now in the water in the beginning right. of 118. Yeah. And, it's uh, it's so, odd that it ended on a cliffhanger in the last volume. True. But, um, other than that, I mean, really, you know, there wasn't, you know, it's the same kind of old story with the Hulk it had been since about 1964, you know, you had the same cast of characters pretty much. And, uh, that starts to change in this book. I think the only thing that I would note is that uh, in the last few issues of the previous volume, Bruce told Ross and Betty and Glenn his secret identity. Oh, yes. And in, in back in Astonish 70, well, number 77 was when um, Major Talbot found out from Rick. Oh, right. And then, of course. Yeah. And then a few, I think, Tenet, but I think it was issue 87 is when it got caught on camera during the Hulk's battle with uh, that super humanoid or whatever that was. Um, so the world so the world has known for a little while at this point that Bruce and Hulk are the one and the same. Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot it was actually yeah. that far back. Yeah. 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 So that was, I mean, that's a good point. That was one of the kind of one of those critical moments and, and the Hulk's, you know, in the, in the history there. So, yeah. 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 So I asked for comments on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you have read The Incredible Hulk, what did you think about it? And we got a great comment from Lucas. He says, The art was pretty uneven, but overall I liked it. The ones inked by John Severin look very good. And Jim Wilson is a nice addition to the cast. Some issues, like 127, make it really seem like the Hulk is just a jerk. Like the killing of Mogul really make him look... They, it really makes him look bad. Yeah. Um, I liked the glob. And since it could track Hulk, um, it could have worked as a re reoccurring villain, finding him no matter where he goes. And he also says, by the way, the Hulk probably kills dozens of people in this volume, even if they insisted that he never killed anyone. Yeah. This still feels like they are trying to find a tone or status quo to make the title work better. It's all over the place with plots and the whole Banner Hulk situation. Uh, and yeah, we'll get into that as we talk about these issues. But uh, and, we, and we've already mentioned that it's sort of an evolution of the title, this this whole book. Yeah. And it's he also says we learn that getting hit by a truck changes the color of your pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll have to keep your eyes out for that because there's one issue where I think he starts off with blue and then and then it turns out purple after or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Okay, so thank you, Lucas, for your comments. And I have one more comment here over on 
Twitter. Someone by the name SJH says, this was a great read for me. Brings back that childhood love for comics and The Incredible Hulk. Roy Thomas and Herb Trimpey smash out some great art and stories. Kang the Conqueror was the was a blast, and the Phantom Eagle appears, which leads into Marvel Superhero number 16. It's epic. Uh, he and I have some differing opinions on Kang the Conqueror, which we'll get into when we talk about that issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't conquer our hearts, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you ready to start 118? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, do you want to take the lead on this first issue here, or do you want me to? Sure, I, I, I can do that. It's, the title is A Clash of Titans. And yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, Herb Trimpey really, I mean, I, I really enjoy his inking style, inking himself. And I mean, this is a very beautifully drawn story, I think. And it's kind of cool to see the Submariner back. The Hulk and Submariner had, had shared this title back when it was Tales to Astonish. And then, of course, it became the Incredible Hulk with number 102. So it's just kind of cool to see, uh, see Submariner back again. It almost feels like an old Tales to Astonish comic with the two characters. I think this is one where I believe in this one, uh, yeah, Submariner yet yet again gets a little bit jealous. <laughs> like, why? Who is this guy, Dorma, that you've got that you're hiding away here in, in this bed? And <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yet again, Namor is a little bit, you know, fool-headed and and antics ensue. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I find that um, Namor at this point in his own series is getting a lot of good development, but whenever yeah. he guest stars in other people's books. He just yeah. comes off as just paranoid and angry. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of dimension. I think that's because he has to be that way because he has yeah. to be the his base archetype. If because yeah. people don't otherwise know who Namor is if they're only yeah. reading Incredible Hulk. That's an excellent point, and the same could be said for the Hulk too. I think when you see the Hulk in other series, yep. he comes across as just totally like crazy and angry, and um, while. Yeah, while he's being developed as a character in his own title, yeah, that's an excellent point about the archetype. I mean, you kind of mm-hmm. have to, you know, it's a typical Hulk is what's kind of let out on a leash with other titles. But yeah, no yeah. nuance. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but um, this issue has one of the best, I think, one of the best battles in this whole book. Yeah. When when he, Bruce and Submariner are are fighting underwater, just the yeah. incredible artwork. Um, mm-hmm. by, by Herb Trimpey. I, he has some, like you said, he has some really nice inks. His inks change over time here. He, I feel like yeah. he's trying to do a little bit more of a Bill Everett kind of a style inking oh, yeah. in yeah, these sure. issues here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's there's lots of great stuff. And um, just the, there's that explosion. Yes, but they come right, right at each other. It's full, just full amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So good, so, uh, so good. That is, of course, they're still working. I'm looking at this where Hulk is saying he dares to meet me. Good, good. You know, he was still he's still referring to himself in the in the first person sometimes. And I like that when they finally resolve that. It just always like the, the Hulk to speak like the Hulk should speak. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. old third person. <laughs> yeah, this kind of reminded me a little bit of issue 100, where uh, you know they have this big battle and it ends on the beach, <laughs> just like that one did. Where back at Tales of Astonish 100. But, That's um, right. Yeah, but this one kind of ends the way it started. Uh, you know, you start with Bruce in the water, and it ends with Namor going into the water, which which is appropriate. So. <laughs> now we have a girl. Yes. There's a girl who. Uh, what is her name? Mistress Farah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. F A R A. Yes. I didn't uh, check to see if she is a regular character. Cause she makes her debut in yeah. this issue, but she seems like she's hatching a plot that's yeah. going to carry on. But obviously, it doesn't carry on in the Hulk. 
Yeah, I don't believe we. I don't think we see any more of her because I've been reading yeah. some Submariners too, and I, I think she's just just designed for this issue. Okay, which is interesting because Roy Thomas, being the writer of both, we think he would have included her. But I um, I have to check the verify. But yeah, I think that. Well, does she? Doesn't she die? Oh, does she die in this one? Actually, oh, oh she dies. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, that would that would do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. She gets crushed under the pile of rocks. <laughs> It's very possible that 20 years later they, they brought her back, though. You know, so oh, yes. I wouldn't be surprised. So. Yep, that's right. <laughs> okay, well, let's keep on going here to issue number sure. nine, 119, At the Mercy of Maximus the Mad. Now, this is the the cover of this epic collection, is, is this issue. Mm, yeah, and I find that the the Inhumans, or at least the royal family of the Inhumans, have such distinct, iconic costumes yeah. But Maximus the Mad has like one of the least distinctive memorable costumes that I can think of. And he and I think part of it's that he he every artist gives him a new costume. He never has anything consistently over the years. And so when I saw this collection and I look at it, I had no idea that was actually Maximus the Mad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a cool armor that he has on page 10. It does remind me of, you know, a little bit of a Kirby-esque makes sense but uh yeah it's very yeah, that's Kirby. A good point. yeah yeah sometimes i like you know sometimes we see him like in a, in a cell like a prison cell and he's just wearing regular old clothes and then yeah we, we see him all almost regalia you know when he's in more of a position of authority leading these um this um motley crew of uh <laughs> of other humans yeah this is kind of harkens back to hulk annual number one it does yeah same character same villains and everything so it's almost kind of feels like a sequel for me um to that issue yeah we see all of these Villainous. They they even call themselves the in, what do they call them? The evil Inhumans, kind of like the, <laughs> the evil mutants. The evil, the evil mutants. <laughs> <laughs> we are the evil Inhumans, right? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's funny, but um, you know, just kind of another big. I think you know, like yeah, you're right. I mean, it's still Roy trying to be a bit like Stan, maybe. I think it's just what I find really boring about a lot of the early Hulk issues is it's just you know he's just there for a good old fight. You know, that's kind of what it is. Yep. And I, you know, finally, I think they start to delve, you know, Roy starts to delve deeper into the character of Hulk and as not just this mindless creature, not mindless, but not, you know, this rage driven creature, but, but something with a soul. And then, you know, Banner's role in that too. So I realize I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Well, one of the things that I think comes off in this issue that Roy is trying to establish is that Hulk can think. It just makes it just takes a long time, and in the very last <laughs> panel of this one, he's really struggling to make a decision. Hulk must make yeah. a choice, but how? Um, and and he like throughout this whole book, he yeah. is really trying to do the right thing a lot of the times, and like what yeah. he perceives as the right thing that is. Right. And he he's often saying things like, uh, "Why is it so hard for Hulk to think?" Yeah. <laughs> Why is it so cloudy? And that's a that's a very interesting thing here. So Maximus takes advantage of that and right. and really uses his wiliness to present um, a, a situation for Hulk that that forces him to take his side. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, this kind of thing the leader has done, and I think the Mandarin might have done it. I'm not sure, but it's just, yeah, it's kind of a common theme. Like Hulk's not too bright, hard for Hulk to think. Bad guy comes in and says, "Hey, Hulk, I'll be your buddy." You gotta, you gotta take out the army or take out my enemy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, and of course, as number one twenty opens, that's what <laughs> it's on. So. Totally, I love that uh, in this issue. The that Ross is sent to investigate, 
the yeah. the goings on here. But yeah. in order to investigate, he brings every single tank that he has. Yeah, <laughs> he's not, to... yeah, he's not just investigating. Good use of taxpayer money. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> but he's all ready for yeah. battle, and it's yeah. a good thing, I guess. It's a good thing he brought all those tanks. Yeah, it's when it's a Hulk, you know, you can spare no expense, you know, <laughs> spare no tank. That's right. Huh. Let's move on to 120? Sure, sure, 120. Yeah. So this one is called On the Side of the Evil and Humans, and uh, continued great artwork here, I, I think, you know, just herb on herb, Yep. pencils and the inks, and uh, another one of these, you know, page three, final panel, just a very Herb Trimpy-esque kind of a drawing of Hulk, like, tearing up the ground and fighting everything that you know everything that's on the ground is flying in different places so herb was great with those action shots he sure was yeah absolutely there's there's a point here where ross doesn't go in guns blazing which he Mm. usually does when it comes to the hulk it's odd because he goes to investigate he brings all of his tanks and then and then um there's a there's a point here where he's like no hold on a second we just have to make sure things are actually what they seem before we start firing things yeah so it's it's true we're showing we're seeing a little bit of development for ross in these issues now as well and he's more of a well-rounded character now instead of him being so one note as he was back in the day as well yeah good point yeah they all everyone gets starts to yeah exactly that's a a good, good point we have that same old battle it's kind of like you know one of ross wants to take the hulk out um, obviously, he's a, bit, a little bit more methodical about it in this case, but of course, you always have Betty saying, "But, but if there's a spark of Bruce Banner inside him, or when, <laughs> yeah. when you're saying like the Hulk is dead, it's like then you killed the man I love." I mean, that's I think about 50 times you can read her saying, "Then if you've killed the Hulk, then you've killed the man I love." So that, I'm glad when Betty finally picks up a, a second or third dimension a little bit later on. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> So in this yeah. one here, the the army fires all of these rockets on the yes. Hulk and stuff, and the Hulk kind of swings and fires them back on the army. And but mm. the the dialogue here, if you go to page eight in this issue, yeah, in the middle panel it says, "And the non deadly but nauseating vapors explode in the <laughs> in the plane below." <laughs> so did Herb? intend uh, like i wonder if those words were there by by roy when he was scripting after after herb had had finished the artwork mm-hmm. and herb always intended them to just be regular rockets that are exploding but maybe roy wanted a especially since it's being fired on their own people to show that yeah. you know no one's actually dying here yeah i think it's an excellent point i think stan did that a few times with with as well, you know, we've got the Comics Code Authority. We can't have the whole American army being wiped out, especially by its own rockets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So, so I'll, you know, we'll, we'll be well, just like every time that you see this major battle in Hulk versus Thing or something, someone gets thrown into a building and the building like blow, you know, collapses, and it's always an abandoned tenement. You know, nobody's ever in the building. So, <laughs> yep, yep. I don't know if you, you know what I'm saying. Totally. So they're in these huge. Yeah. So it's I, I think yeah, that's sort of probably a way of trying to uh, soften the story a little bit, and you know. I don't think anybody dies in this issue. So, I mean, it didn't seem like Hulk ever really, you know, you know yeah, I mean, well, it's just like, I mean, Hulk goes into that um, on page uh, 10 of the story. Hulk flies out. Um, Ross is playing there, but, of course, everyone's able to bail out with <laughs> yep. parachutes. So everyone's okay. Yep, yep, that's right. <laughs> Good thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I can sleep better today. Yeah. Yeah. So what this issue serves is a way to get the the Hulk back on Ross's radar because he has mm-hmm. kind of been uh, they haven't really been in the picture for the last little while if I remember mm. correctly it's been a few issues yeah yeah so uh, 
yeah, I think I sort of see this issue as kind of the sort of the end of a period for Hulk. I, I start to I feel like one twenty one is when we start to see things starting to develop a little bit more interestingly. Yeah. Um, or one twenty one, one twenty two. Of course, we'll we'll get to those. But um, um, but yeah, was there any more you wanted to say about one twenty? Uh, no, I think that's it. We can go on to the next one, 121, which is called Within the Swamp, There Stirs a Glob. Yeah. Totally. This is a total throwback kind of a character oh, yeah. to the old monster days from exactly. the 50s uh, that Stan and right. Jack and Steve yep. kind of always did way back yeah. in the day. And of course, you know, Hulk always is a fun a fun person to throw yeah. against random monsters, and that's the case right. here. Exactly. You know, normally if, if you look at the the cover and the the title, you're like, oh great, it's another stupid villain, and that's you know <laughs> kind of it's easy to say that. And that. But I think when when I mentioned that this is kind of the beginning of a new period, yeah. You know, we get to page um yeah page nine in the story, and you start to hear see the backstory of this of this guy, who kind of reminds me he looks a little bit like Bruce Banner. Of course, I mean her maybe just kind of threw a lot of people the same way, but you start to find that it it adds this dimension to this otherwise kind of um you know, grade X creature. And I found it very fascinating. This guy who, um, um, his, his woman was dying. He wanted to get out of prison. He couldn't. So he escaped and then go, goes into the swamp, kind of pulls a, uh, a man thing sort of situation where he goes in the swamp and <laughs> essentially becomes a prototype for the man thing. That's right. Cause um, man thing isn't around at this time, is he? Right. A couple, I think a couple years from now. So I just, I found that was interesting. And I like that the glob goes to where um, where Betty's staying with with um, with Glenn Talbot. Sees Betty is reminded of of his girlfriend or wife or whatever, yep. and you know, and it's kind of like a King Kong Fay Ray scenario where he captures her. Totally going in the swamp with her, and but I just like the toward the end there where um, Hulk still like there's something kind of noble like about this creature where he he realizes like hey wait maybe it's not a great idea to pull my bride to be into the swamp where she's going to die within seconds maybe i should maybe I should hand her out you know on page 19 yeah. hand her off to hulk and um and i i like at the end where it's one of those scenarios that we're going to see a little bit in the future too where hulk is saying like you know maybe maybe he this guy and i could have been friends actually you know and, and yep. uh you know again he doesn't understand what went on but there's a kinship between him and the glob. So, yeah. Yeah, I think this is, like you said, the beginning of a new era. When when Hulk realizes that this guy could have been a friend and yeah. has that reasoning, like this sets the stage for many of his interactions throughout this book. It's very, very cool. I really like this issue a lot. I thought it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I did too. I definitely. And, uh, and I'd say, you know, from here on out, it's pretty... Yeah, this is what made Hulk a great character, I think. So, uh, you know, what, what, what we're going to see for the next... 10 years or so of stories i would i would say maybe a bit well longer than that but yeah 15 anyway though <laughs> we're still in 1969 that's right <laughs> so on page 81 of the epic which is page 14 yeah. in this collection here mm-hmm. there's some not great artwork by <laughs> by her trimpy here i and like it's strange because sometimes he's just fantastic and then there's other times when you get a page like this like we we'll look at the when the glob is is punching through the wall and he's grabbed Betty by the waist. Look how huge Betty is in this picture. She's massive. She's super tall. Yeah. Uh, and the I mean I'm sure there's some perspectives, some forced perspective things supposed to be going on here, but she's just yeah. really large. And then the picture yeah. down below with Glenn Talbot with his arm outstretched <laughs> looks really awkward as well. Like he's got a, a knee that's coming up that that looks weird and yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just, uh, and then the picture, the last picture, um, mm-hmm. no, the second to last panel where the, the glob is swatting Talbot aside yeah. and you just kind of see a floating head of Talbot and like <laughs> the detail just isn't there. So there are, yeah. there are times when, when, uh, Herb, I think maybe is just rushing to get this issue done perhaps, or he's spending his sure. time on some of the other pages, maybe the battle yeah. pages, cause the battle pages are excellent. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting point. I think that that's where I know he loved drawing airplanes and of course that works out well with the army, but yeah, the battle scenes, I think he loved those. So, so these other scenes, probably his heart wasn't quite in them as much and, probably uh, not. and it showed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this yeah. is the kind of thing where it is if, if he had another inker, maybe the inker yeah. would have put some more attention and fixed up a few things here and there. Um, but oh, it sure. just comes off a little bit sloppy here, unfortunately. Yeah, that is true. Yep. That is true. Yeah. 122 is called the Hulk's last fight. Yeah. This is this is a big turning point for the Hulk as well. Oh, yeah. And yeah. in this one the Fantastic 4 figure out uh, that they can probably figure out a cure for Bruce and so they lure him in back to New York because Hulk's been on the road for these last w- little while um with the promise of the cure uh yeah. and the Hulk, you know, responds to that and they have a big battle of course everyone loves to see the hulk versus the thing yeah um, and they don't really actually get into that a whole lot in this issue though yeah true um it is funny i have to kind of chuckle at the chances of bruce you know finding this this newspaper yeah right <laughs> like oh okay in the sewer was... it's just floating down the sewer oh no no it was no that's a different issue i'm thinking of this one yeah. is just it it, it uh <laughs> Uh, it, it's the it's carried in That's the funny. wind, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Either the wind or the sewer. But it's funny on page five. This uh, this page always, I always wonder. Like in panel eight, is Bruce mad or is he happy when he grabs that newspaper? <laughs> and he's raging at the sky. Is he, and it looks right. like he's pissed, but I'm angry. But um, it's just I'm not sure if it's yeah. It kind of reminds me of that scene in Shawshank Redemption where uh, the guy gets out of prison and he's standing in the rain looking at the sky. And, yeah. <laughs> doesn't know what to do or something i, I don't know right, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah it is an interesting panel but i do like this page as a whole yeah sure split into 12 panels yeah and there's no words yeah. except for the very first word at the beginning other than you know right. sound effects and, yeah. and newspaper right. but one of the things that people always say about early roy thomas is they don't like him because he's so wordy and he's even more yes. wordy than stan lee but then yeah. he'll do pages like this where he just lets the artwork do all of the talking. He he doesn't yeah. put anything in here. Yeah, definitely. And I've said this on the on um, the Masterworks forum a bit, just going through the Marvel Masterworks marathon. But having I've been I'm almost three years into a mass marathon read of all the Masterworks and um, related omnibuses and you know chronological. Definitely, I found like probably between like 1964 and 1967 was kind of a headache sometimes to read some of those overly wordy yeah. comics and you know because this isn't such a it's an illustrated medium you know I, I hate when the words are just like taking up the panel i mean like you know, just it's like come on guys back it off a little bit so yeah I, you're right i mean they're roy's realizing now he can tell a great story and, and he can let the artist tell the story just as much as you know the, the he as he can with the words yeah and it makes it things flow that much more smoothly i find yeah. It might also be just necessity on his part because Roy's mm-hmm. out, um, output is tremendous during this time. He's taken on so yeah. many different titles all of a sudden. Yeah. And uh, maybe he just doesn't have time to put into the same scripting, yeah. but then that might <laughs> yeah. just have worked to everybody's benefit here. <laughs> exactly. His win-win situation. Yeah. <laughs> 
I like in this case, like on page seven, Bruce has the insight to put the formula into a pocket, you know, just in case, you know, things don't go well if he becomes a Hulk, which of course happens. Yes. And, uh, you know, and yet again, like we talked about on bottom page nine, Hulk has more mental issues and can't remember why, can't remember anything. So... (laughs) I like, love that panel yeah. there where it's like um, yeah. It, this, yeah, page nine, the very bottom tier. Yeah. yeah, I love how these the panels are are alternating, so it really gives you the sense that the loud noise from the Hulk or from the train is is making it very very difficult for the Hulk to concentrate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a um, yeah, it's a good point. Um, Herb Trimpey sure. does a good impression of Jack Kirby with the Fantastic Four here, the very yes. very Kirbyish style. Yeah. Uh, and that's because yeah. I just basically no other artist had drawn Fantastic Four up until this point. Yeah. And in fact, on page uh, 10, just incidentally, you see Kirby crackle at the, the during the um, Hulk's transformation back into Bruce. So oh, yeah. A little bit of Kirby there. But that's right. <laughs> on that note, I really like um, on the top of page 13, interesting way to show the transformation. It's one picture yeah. broken into what is it, seven panels, but each one showing that progression. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. good. So, but yeah, he's. It's a wonder that he managed to get to the Baxter Building. That worked out all right. So, that's, <laughs> <laughs> luck is with him. I mean, that that pouch has stayed with him the whole time. That's that's good. But, it must yeah. have been a very uh, stretchy rope in order to yes. withstand the, <laughs> the 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 expansion of so. the Hulk's waist. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, very much. It's funny. Yeah, top like you were saying about um, Shrimpy's version of the FF. I mean, you see the top of eighteen, page eighteen, and uh, the the th- panel one where the thing is looking down. Totally. From the elevator shaft. Yep. Yeah, very Kirby Senate. The expression, there. totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. You know, I'm glad this wasn't another just kind of big old battle issue. You know, it that we there was a real story told here about the Hulk's got to get to New York. He's got to get this formula to, to Reed Richards and so that they can create this cure. And, yeah. and that's really the story. is like him, his journey to New York. It's not like... You know, page two, they run into each other and they bash it out for eighteen pages. So, so it's uh, and you're really rooting for him. And yeah. when you got to the point where he's yeah. he's got to the Baxter Building and he's confronting the security guard, it's like, oh no! It's like he's yeah. so close and it's right. not happening. Um, and that <laughs> happens so many times. Of course, that's kind of what happens to the Hulk often. But you yes. just feel bad for him because he was so close and he was yes. keeping it in check almost the entire time. And that's right. I mean, that often happens with the story of the Hulk, right? I mean, they, they get Bruce gets so close to a cure, so close to his happiness, then something happens, and he's back to square one. So yeah. you're right. I mean, this would have been kind of – I'm glad that this is a continued story, so it's not like he gets to New York, but nah, it doesn't happen. Right. And he just pounds off. You know, this time it's like, ooh, okay. Now, of course, it's a little bit of an ominous thing. It's like, you know, whether it cures him or not, the Hulk must – well, they're hoping it will cure him, but saying, like, you know, the Hulk can't walk – must never walk the earth again, so. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, one twenty-three. No more the monster. This is a continuation of our of the last issue here. Yeah, yeah. The leader or the Fantastic Four have Hulk strapped in a machine. They're going to try and cure him. And in fact, yes. they. It seems that they do. And this yeah. is always the thing. Is like they. The, Bruce <laughs> finds a cure. Is it really a cure? We never know. Well, in this one, we don't. We find pretty quickly that it's a. Uh, it's not going to be exactly a cure, but it, it does exactly. solve a little bit of the problem. Yeah, it's. It's. I think. It, I think it's the first time, or one of the. Well, no, it's not. I think the very. I think in the first six issues, there was a time. Well, yeah, obviously, early on, Banner controlled the Hulk's body. So this is us, um, and that's what ends up happening in this case. Obviously, where um, Banner can change back and forth at will. But uh, yeah, I like. Um, I like this one on page two where. Um, 
looks like Hulk's sort of atomized. Yeah. <laughs> brought back and then reassembled. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And it looks like uh, he takes on the appearance of kind of all the various different forms of the Fantastic Four when he's atomized there. It's like there's a rocky yeah. form, there's kind of an invisible <laughs> form. There's no fire form, so maybe that's not quite the yeah. case. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny though. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I like, uh, <laughs> I like how he goes from, uh, you know, he's, like the Reed is saying, well, let's do some more tests. And Van is like, no. And immediately he finds shirt and tie and slacks and he's ready to go and get some, <laughs> he's got some heel kicking to do. So. Yeah. And then he immediately turns back into the Hulk. He's like, oh, I, I just got this shirt and tie. <laughs> I love it. Waited. Yeah. yeah, I know. Oh, but it, this is a. It, I found that the pacing in this one was really, really great. There's so yeah. much that happens, and like you go through this whole time when uh, Bruce like spends a whole, a whole time with with Betty, forming their relationship. They go to the beach, they go to a baseball game, and everything. Uh, and yeah. it doesn't feel rushed, even though it's only two pages. It's yeah, just it's just well well told. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think it finally. Uh... It's just nice to see Bruce and Betty have some time together, have, have an actual relationship. And, yeah. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a good story. I mean, I feel like it's a, you know, you've got, he's, he's, he's gotten what he finally wants. He's got he's control of the Hulk. He's got his girl. He's yep. going to get married. Of course, the leader shows up, but it's still a, yeah, it's, it's a well, it's a well told story. I think, you know, you've got the, the triumph and then the, the almost tragedy at the end. But I mean, of course this, this one I think still ends on a happy, well, okay. Yeah. Ends on a happy note. That, well, not really. There's <laughs> that threat at the end. That oh no, I almost you know, ripped the leader apart. So I swear I'll become the Hulk again because I just can't trust that I'll be able to stay in control. Yeah. And uh, of course, that's foreshadowing of other things that happen later. The the scene that I like yeah. the best in this one is on page yeah. thirteen. It's on page twenty two, yeah. one twenty two in the Epic Collection, where Thunderbolt yeah. Ross issues an apology. Like he formally apologizes yeah. to Bruce for yeah. the way that he's treated him all of these years. And in the very yeah. final panel, he says, uh, when the chips are down and the votes are all counted, they'll find that Dr. Bruce Banner was a man. It's like that he's been yeah. calling him a, a weakling <laughs> and a, you know, mil- a milksop, exactly. All of these, <laughs> like ever since the beginning of this book. And we right. realize that, you know, it takes a lot of guts to actually be the person behind the Hulk. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like we were saying, I mean, it's it's we're seeing more dimensions to General Ross now. Yep. It's not just this blowhard, you know, with a with this mindless blowhard. He actually has a heart, and uh, so it's um yeah, it's it's good to see stuff like that happen. Definitely. And what what this does is creates an actual supporting cast for the Hulk because before this yeah. he had a supporting cast, but they were the antagonist. If you call the Hulk the protagonist, yeah. Um, but now we have people who are you know Ross is still going to go after the Hulk. But it's with a different context now. He's going to try and help. He's not out yes. to just outwardly destroy the Hulk. So right. it, it's moving forward in a nice direction here. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Two wonderful splash pages. Yes. Oh, yeah, I love that one of the, the big one of... Um, yeah, on page one seventeen of the book. Yeah, yeah, with the yeah with the Hulk, kind of just a uh, Bruce thinking of the memory of him. It's just a wonderful, wonderful picture, yeah. and just the, yeah. also the one with just the leader's head. Like that's oh, yeah, that's, a, right. yep. that's just an incredible yep. picture too. Even though it's like yeah. you know, it's just a just a portrait kind of, but it's very very well done. Yeah, it's always fa- fascinating how they they paint the uh, or color the uh, the different gamma ray irradiated 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 um, yeah again, irradiated sure um how they have different hues of green like hulk's like a little bit of a, like a lighter lime green leader's a bit of a darker hue mm-hmm. yeah. abomination yeah. yeah oh yeah that's right he is a different one yeah. too yeah 
Well, let's keep on going over to issue number 124. Yes. This one is called The Rhino Says No. What does he say no to? To Bruce Banner marrying. (laughs) He says yes, but the rhino says no. (laughs) And um, this one, you know, is very interesting because um, Sal Busama is the the, um, artist on this one. I don't know what they mean by Herb Trimby being the innovator. I did hear somewhere, read somewhere that that actually that that Herb did do really rough, rough um, layouts on this one. And then Sal came in and filled in the rest. But I'm not sure if... um, I'm not sure if you've heard anything about that as no, well. No, I haven't. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting that he's called Innovator, and he wouldn't credit him as, you know, layout. Or in often cases, yeah. he would still be the penciler and or the right. – what and, and Sal would be the embellisher or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. So it's, But looking at some of the poses here, I can see it being Herb. Um, boy, it's, it's tough to say. It's just – it's fascinating, though. It's like I, I do find – you know, no, not to disparage. I mean, Herb's been doing some great work at this point, but I really like Sal's take on on the characters. And um, this has got to be yeah. some of Sal's earliest penciling work, right? It, yes, I think he started in the Avengers. I want to say around 1968 or 69, taking over for his brother John. Yeah. Um, but this is certainly. I mean, this of course is right at the. Yeah. I mean, right. Obviously, February 1970 issue. So yeah, very. And I think this is his first take on the Hulk for sure, which is, of course is important. You know, knowing that. He ends up drawing the, I mean, doing the, the art chores for, I think, from 1975 to 1985 later yeah, on. It's amazing so, how long he was on that book. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I just love the way the, the rhino looks and the, the leader. And just a very, this is one of my favorite Hulk stories, I think, just because it's, it's so sad. Um, and you, again, you've got this, it's sort of like the third part of this trilogy of stories um, where they, they're finally about to get married. Everything, you know, Ross, General Ross and Bruce have a really nice heart to heart. In the family home, and yeah. calls him son. You know, yep, and, yep. And then leader and the rhino have to ruin the party. I love it. So that's that's <laughs> the perfect comic book setup. You get people into the the perfect life. Everything yep. is going the way they want, and then you just take it all away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's that is all true. So it's just, and it's one of many times that the Hulk would go through this. You know, moments of happiness, and then just losing it all in the end. Yeah. Um, and it's not because of the Hulk this time. Like oftentimes, yeah. <laughs> the Hulk himself will be the reason why his r- happiness is ruined. But it's yeah. the actual leader, which is one of the reasons why the leader is the Hulk's main bad guy. Right. Absolutely. I, I find the yeah. leader's motivation kind of interesting in this one because he doesn't. He wants to kill the Hulk, but he can't yeah. do it while he's in Bruce Banner's form. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. He has to do something in order to turn Bruce back to the Hulk otherwise it's not an honorable death or something that's interesting yeah I I forgot about that yeah and then he has to find he can't take care of him himself he goes through there's this one page on page six where he goes through kind of who are the other or page what is it yeah Yeah, five and six who are the all the other guys who I could send no not not anymore not the Mandarin (laughs) Uh, Maximus no that's not good Uh, oh the Rhino the Rhino's the perfect guy for this job (laughs) he's strong but stupid he's perfect (laughs) (laughs) yeah love it (laughs) yeah it's um yeah it's it's cool to see um yeah yeah just I remember of course he's been a Spider-Man villain mainly but then of course Hulk uh course got a typo here it says that Rhino was in hulk 103 he's actually 104 but um um but that's okay that's you know sometimes stan would forget things yeah yeah i really like some of these just dynamic i mean just this picture of the rhino on um, page 141 of the book page 11 of the story which is really cool uh uh, yeah just uh it's good stuff it's um and then on page 15 of the story 145 of the book 
love that four panel progression of uh, Bruce kind of fighting to stay in control, yeah, but then yeah. you see the, the savage creature that emerges. Yeah, totally. One thing uh, that I want to point out is the lettering. We don't usually talk about letterers uh, at all. They usually yeah. kind of kind of fly under the radar, which I guess is a good thing. If you're if the letter is mm. doing a great job, you're not going to notice. But this this issue was lettered by Sam Rosen, whereas the yeah. past several issues and the rest of this book, I think, have all been lettered by Artie Simic. Yeah. And I've never really paid close attention to the different style of lettering until I got to this issue. And it's like, wow, the the lettering I find is much nicer than Artie Simic's. And oh. if you just flip back just to the previous yeah, issue, right. um, uh, yeah. Artie Simic's letters, his lettering is so big. And he puts yeah, everything in very square boxes that have yep. a lot of um, a lot of wasted space, I think, b- based on yeah. where he places the words. Whereas uh, Sam Rosen here will use more oval shape and, and form his oh. balloons much closer to the shape of the letters. I find it much more appealing to look at. Yeah, I agree with you. I never really thought of that before. It's, it's all these years reading both of these gentlemen's uh, stories, you know, they're seeing their lettering. I've never really looked, really compared them before. For. So you're right. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, that's a and Sam's Rosen. I, Sam Rosen style. I definitely recognize from Spider-Man. I think he was a regular letter over there. Right. And um, you make an excellent point there, though. And I wonder if it's a combination between Herb and and Artie Simic because Herb's mm. inking by this point is very very bold. He yeah. does a lot of heavy lines and a lot of blocky shadows, a lot of spot mm-hmm. blacks. He doesn't do a lot of feathering on his uh, shading and such yeah and so maybe the lettering of Artie Simic kind of works with that because it's also very bold and very blocky whereas uh, Sal Buscema has a much more flowing line a much more delicate line especially in his his inking and his shadows and such yeah and so the lettering kind of goes along with it but yeah sure yeah and you'll see once once Herb comes back uh, Artie Simic also comes back and uh, uh, let me see here oh no actually no the next issue is Herb Trimp and Sam Rosen and so we can compare to see what that looks like because I think that it just doesn't get in the way of the artwork as much yeah that's a good point very good point yeah on that note, shall we uh, switch to 125? Let's do that. This one's called, And Now the Absorbing Man. And the last time we saw Absorbing Man actually was in the pages of Thor. That's what the notes tell yeah. me, at least here. Yep. He was blasted into outer space by Odin. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, yeah. I want to say that he, he had a, he'd been pretty much a Thor villain, I think, up until this point, hadn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he would become a, re- I mean, a really cool um, Hulk villain, though. I mean, as far as being able to absorb his gamma power, you know, the gamma yeah, the Hulk's power and through the gamma energy and everything and, and to be like an equal to the Hulk in that regard. Absorbing Man's powers are very strange in this one. He, because mm. he's flying through space yes. and a comet passes by and he uses his own powers to absorb the radiation given off by the comet and he yeah. in fact becomes the comet and can control the comet, which is why the comet <laughs> is hurtling toward Earth because he's trying to get yeah. back home to Earth. Right. That's right. An, uh, that's a um, an area of his powers that I don't think are ever explored ever again. Yeah, that's a, it's a little far fetched, perhaps. On, you know, on the note of far fetched, <laughs> it seems like Bruce Banner is able to. He is, even though he's was he nuclear phys- physicist, I think, but he has all these other. He's he's able to like fly a rocket ship. Oh like, yes. He... Yep. <laughs> he's a scientist of many different kinds. He, he really is. <laughs> but well, just like we were talking about last time, how. 
he'd have all these unfinished plans sitting around or these, these plans for like the tea gun or whatever and just like unused all the spare time on his hands when he's an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, this is a very interesting one. I um yeah, I like how it's um Bruce versus the absorbing man and then of course the last second becomes a Hulk and on page 164 it's like that blow might have killed someone who is human but the Hulk isn't human so, <laughs> um, so that's a cool you know just a good good Hulk villain for sure yeah yeah and the whole thing is pretty much just one really big fight there's not a whole lot to yeah. this issue at all uh, True. I do want to point out on page 160 yep um, 160 in the, the bottom tier you have the 54321 blast off yeah. That's got to be a little homage to the very first issue of Hulk, Hulk number one, because they do oh, that yeah. same five, four, three, two, one kind of in the, the, the okay. fancy lettering um, yeah. in that very first issue. Yeah, sure. I think is a little throwback there. Yeah. It's a good way to bring it all kind of back home. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's ironic the way that uh, the, the Hulk wins the day in this case, you know, basically by by Hulk turning back to Bruce. Yeah, right. Then the then Crusher Creel can't hold up the mountain anymore. He's, <laughs> he's screwed. So um, <laughs> a lot of people get crushed by rocks in this book. I, I find <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what you got to roll with. This one leads us right to 126. He's kind of lost. Bruce is, he, many times in this book, Bruce is just lost in a field and he wakes up and he doesn't know where he is. <laughs> That's how I wake up so most often. mornings. Yeah. 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 In a field. <laughs> Back alley, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. where stalks the Nightcrawler? So he doesn't actually wake up this time. He, people find him in the, right. in the, on the field and they kidnap him and take him to this house. This is a bizarre <laughs> issue. It's so yeah. just out of left field. It's, yeah. It's it's unlike anything we've seen in this book. Yeah, um, yeah what is this? Bruce, a cult, a cult kidnaps Bruce, and they yeah. send him into another dimension to face someone, <laughs> someone important, but he doesn't know who. He's got to fight that person, and he doesn't know why. Yeah. And it's yeah. just so strange. <laughs> it is. Well, it's funny how you know. Of course, this is the uh, um, the continuation. Uh, I think it's kind of the third part of the story that began in Doctor Strange one eighty three, yep. the last issue of that series. And then, um, and then it continued over to Submariner 22, but the whole, um, uh, the, what did they call the ancient, not the ancient ones, the, the undying ones. The undying um, ones, yeah. Yeah. And so I like how Roy Thomas kept the story going in three different titles and concludes it over here. Because we get to, we get to save um, Doctor Strange, um, since he's a guest star in this, in this book. Yeah, and they don't even t- tell you that it was continued over. Now, Roy was writing right. all three of these books at the time, right? He was writing right. Doctor Strange and Submariner at the same time as this one. Exactly. So, right. yeah, he does have a big through line. But nowhere in here does it, does it say... Like, there's one part where, where Doctor Strange is trapped in, yeah. a, in a little globe or something, and we don't know why. They don't tell us why. He's just there. Yeah. I mean, if you'd read... You know, those who read Submariner 22 would know, but I don't know. There's even... A, I'm trying to see if there's even a... There's no even editorial box yeah. or anything. Isn't that odd? Yeah. And it's funny that they don't even plug him on the cover. Like, you know, you know yeah, check right. out the guest stars, you know, Dr. Strange. You'd think that someone would, you know, people would be interested in picking that up. So, yeah, that is a little bit strange. Dr. Yeah. Strange is in his blue mask when yes. this is a period where they're trying to make him a little bit more like a superhero. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. And this was kind of the genesis of the Defenders. Yes, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's, and in fact, uh, Barbara Norris, the, the blonde woman who's as yet unnamed, Yep. I believe ends up being the Valkyrie. That's right. Yeah, so it's kind of cool that, yeah, definitely, that you've seen those early, you know, kind of these prototype Defender stories. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's just such a an, um, a, a one-off throwaway character in this book. But yeah, they bring her back. I think it's Steve Englehart, right, that uh, brings yeah. that character back when Valkyrie's other body dies. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This issue can be found in Doctor Strange Epic Collection number three, A Separate Reality, where you can get the full three-part story altogether. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Good plug. That's a, that's a good yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I think if there'd been more space, they could have, well, I don't I guess it wouldn't have made that much sense to do it that way in this book. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to get it that way over there. So. Yeah. Yeah. The Hulk really does play second fiddle. Even though he's through the whole yeah. issue here, he doesn't do a whole lot. There's There's a small fight but with him mm-hmm. and this character called the Nightcrawler, and there's a great yeah. like negative scene where the yes. whole the whole page yeah. is in this negative image. It looks pretty cool. One eighty four to one, yeah, one eighty four to one eighty five, yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, um, very cool. We're definitely in a more experimental age of Marvel comics by this point. Nineteen sixty eight, I'd say, was a, maybe the beginning, but just the the way the different color schemes and yeah, um, yes. Well, I kind of think though that also. Um, Herb Trimpey was trying to do his best Ditko, seeing that this was sort of a, a oh, Doctor Strange-influenced story. Yeah. So we have, like, sure. the, the other dimension is full of the floating rocks and the swirling uh, little, like, concentric circles and all this yeah. kind of stuff that Ditko... Like, it doesn't go nearly as strange as Ditko would go, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you can feel that sort of influence there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. It is funny. I mean, Doctor... I, I, so do we not see Doctor Strange until page 18? I mean, that seems... I, I don't know if there's any reference or anything. If you just kind of... um, he's on page six. Oh, okay, okay, great. Okay, that that makes. Oh, and good. Okay, just so for that, one, yeah. just for the one panel there. Yeah. And that's about it until like yeah the very end. It's and it's huh. strange because the whole thing comes to a climax in these last few pages with Doctor Strange and they do this epilogue at the on the last page yeah. with Doctor Strange. And it's like, right. why are we talking so much about Doctor Strange? If you hadn't read those other two issues, it yeah. it's very very out of place. It's interesting how at the time, I mean, it was really. This was a time of some endings. I mean, you've got the, the end of the X Men series, uh, right around this. I think right around the same month, and really kind of the end of Doctor Strange's story for this for this next year and a half. I mean, that, that this was the this kind of a way of saying goodbye to this character. Yeah. Um, so his book was canceled with yeah the, this story. Yeah. Well, well, what happened was number one eighty three of Doctor Strange came out in November of sixty nine, or pub cover date of that, and that was the last issue. But I think. It, I don't know that Roy was expecting that to be the last issue, so that's why he was—he still had this kind of continuing story, but it just—oh, just that's ended, why you know? it continued here. Yeah. Oh, so this exactly. is the end of Doctor Strange. Okay, yeah. So, so that makes more sense that. then. It, this is a wrap-up right. story. Okay, okay. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And we wouldn't see him again until Marvel feature number one, right? December seventy-one. So it, it'll be a little while without seeing Doctor Strange. So I did this episode. I did a podcast episode on a separate reality, and I think I've just forgotten because that was like a couple of years ago. <laughs> Go. <laughs> that, sure. that was the end of Doctor Strange, but yeah, uh, yeah you can listen to my uh, conversation about this issue over in that that episode if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know you read so many of these comics and it is funny how much you forget. I mean it's just stuff like see, it only fits so much of the, this in your brain. I think. And it's, yeah, I, I've been taking notes myself. Especially with the epic collections, I'm jumping from different eras. So, like I'll read a yeah. 1960s book and then a 1990s book and then a 1970s <laughs> book and like yeah. yeah, it's hard to keep these the histories all all together sometimes but yeah that's cool i'm i'm glad that yeah. you mentioned that because that's that yeah. makes that makes it more sense and i think maybe if people were reading it back in the day when these were actually coming out they'd be more aware of the fact that dr strange was being canceled yeah exactly yeah so uh shall we move on to 127 127 yeah kind of an odd book uh, odd story um mogul 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 yeah that's okay. what i was saying yep. yeah 
another one of those stories, kind of like the blob, the one with the glob, um, where it's this, uh, this creature who's <laughs> such, <laughs> um, basically, I think it's, well, yeah, Tyrannus or Tyrannus. Um, of course, an old villain from um, Hulk's uh, earlier issues. Very early. He's, yeah. He sends this guy after the Hulk to bring him back to this to Subterranea. And they have this big fight. And I think, yeah, <laughs> it's like on page 205 where <laughs> Mogul is saying, I shall not rest until you are my friend. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. But this, it was very interesting through this, the relationship between the two. Um, I loved this issue because yeah. the Hulk, by the end of it, realizes that this guy is a friend, but he's a robot and he's fighting with himself. Him. It's like, yeah. you tricked me. But yeah. you are still my friend, and he's like struggling yeah. with himself, and he's so he's sad. Yeah. Um, well, no, actually, he's not sad. Mogul is sad at the end that Hulk is destroying him. Yeah, it it was really yeah. I read this recently, and and yeah, it was it was sad because yeah, I mean, you you see them hanging out together, I like the scene where they're on page two hundred seven, where they're sitting together and looking at some plans that they're working together on and fighting the Mole Man's minions, and and you're right, yeah. Once he he just sees it, suddenly like. It, it, it seemed kind of out of character for the Hulk for me. It was almost like I feel like Hulk is a character who's very loyal to those who who are kind of who who he loves or whatever. And I feel like with this character, once he finds out he's a robot, he's like, oh, nope, nope, gonna destroy you. And it just seemed bizarre that the Hulk would he would be kind of prejudiced, I guess you could say, against. Him. Well, I think that the yeah. bigger thing here is that the Hulk sees things in black and white. And so sure. as soon as yeah. he finds out that things are not as they were that as they seem, okay. he gets really sure. angry, right? And so he thought yeah. this guy was a person. And yeah. once he finds out that he has been tricked, he yeah. he feels like he's been tricked. He's being right. he's being taken advantage of, then of course he's going to rage. And that's too bad. Like I was rooting for these two to to have a good relationship, yeah. but it wasn't yeah. uh, wasn't to be. Yeah, exactly. And of course we have the three panel walk off in the end where kind of similar to 121 there where Hulk kind of wonders, you know, could he have been my friend, or maybe, and I like, like you said, I mean, the Hulk kind of struggles within himself, even you know, even though he's a robot, a fake, he was my friend. Maybe I was wrong to smash him. And, yeah, yeah. So sad ending. But, that was a very sad ending. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and this, just the whole slowly killing mogul as well. I mean, I know it's just a robot, but it's like he just slowly rips him to pieces and then like sh- there's crumples up. It's it's a pretty brutal death <laughs> if it you really think is. about it's it. Like... <laughs> That sad scene where he, yeah, he just crumbles to, to just like dust or whatever. And he's like, "Your only friend." Yeah, and then he like, <laughs> kicks out. Yeah, it's like yeah, Hulk was kind of murderous. Yeah, very. <laughs> so this, uh, I, I love though that that we're now finding the core themes of this book are yeah. friendship and companionship. Yep. And before it was just rage and <laughs> anger and the the dichotomy <laughs> between the two minds, but we're moving past that now. And to the point where, well, like, Bruce yeah. doesn't show up for stretches on yeah. end. It's just the Hulk. And yeah. and it doesn't feel like it's a bad thing at all. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's the, the title's growing up, basically. You know, the, the, yep. the Hulk, you know, the, the, you know the, the series is growing up, which is good. So. One, issue 128 is called, and in this yeah. corner, The Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. This, is very, this is a very specific team uh, when yeah. Black Panther is on the team and Hawkeye has turned to Giant Man. Yeah. Uh, so we know exactly what era we're in <laughs> based yeah, on exactly. these characters. And it's funny because Ross calls the Avengers yeah. and right. he gets them like, who the heck are you guys? Yeah, right. <laughs> Doesn't know America, Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, good point. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, this was interesting. Um, always interesting to see the Hulk back with the Avengers. You know, even though if, even if they're fighting each other, it's just kind of you know kind of harkens back to his earlier days. Um, yep. Yeah. He even takes them through the caves, which yeah. is where kind of the their whole face off in those early issues oh, of yeah. the Avengers took place. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like this scene. The um, the scene on page one uh, two twenty, uh, where you can see how the Hulk's like blasting his way through sub you know through like subterranean um, America yeah. making his way. And they're like, we gotta, you know, we gotta get him before he gets to the fault. And uh, yeah, interesting how they're like trying to figure out exactly where he is, and then send the vision down to um, to tackle him. Yep. Not a lot, like you know, it's just it's kind of like another big fight. Um, yeah, you know, actually, I wasn't that impressed with this issue. In fact, I found it to yeah. be kind of a hang-up in this in this mm-hmm. book, where we yeah. got off. A, we we just ended a really strong issue with a really great character moment for the Hulk. Yeah. And then I feel this one was sit, put in here as a way to just kind of promote the new team of Avengers. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, the, it, it didn't have the same, I don't know, the same sort of, uh, the depth, maybe, the same depth. The yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know, Marvel comics are getting more and more deep or deeper, you know, and more and more deeper. Yep. Um, so it's just like to, to have that kind of like throw back to the, the mindless fight, I'm like, meh, kind of boring. But um, well, this is interesting because then, you know, getting to the end of this one, of course, we've been talking about the glob and he returns right after this. Do you want to move on to, to that issue? Sure, yeah. So we leave Bruce Banner. He's uh, turned back to Bruce in the middle of a field. Falling, <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> Once again, wearing yeah. nothing but his ripped pants. Yeah, and poor old, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be funny to, to figure out how many times, like, Bruce wakes up in these strange, <laughs> strange situations. All the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. this this I found to be a, a really great issue. The glob comes yeah. back again. The leader resurrects the glob. He figures out a yeah. way to use his radiation to bring him back. And you can see, I think, in this one, really, you can really tell the evolution of Herb Trimpey's artwork because the way he draws the blob in this one is... Yeah is quite different than the way he drew the blob in the previous issue. So if you look at the, yeah. the picture on page 243, which is page 9 yeah. of this issue, just the yeah. way that he draws the the swamp kind of dripping off of him, mm. it's all solid. It has a very solid-looking look, where if you go back to that old yeah. issue, where okay, yeah. I don't even think... I don't remember if it was inked by Herb. Or oh, it, just, it, it was Herb, yeah. It was Herb. Yeah. But he has such a different style... Uh, it, yeah. it looked a lot more fluid or a lot more grassy, I guess. Yeah, yeah he looked better in 121 than he did 121. I think so too, yeah. Yeah, just like the, the lines are just really just thicker and yep. simpler in 129, whereas in, yeah, they, they seem a little finer in 121. Oh, so, so this is the issue where uh, Bruce is in the sewer and he just happens to find a newspaper floating by. That This is what yeah. I thought happened in the other issue. <laughs> oh, newspaper, yeah. and it has something to do with about me. Hey, it's supposed to be important. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's you know very important, very interesting? Oh, and I love yeah, I love he's got like he's making himself a raft, yeah, <laughs> to, like, to, to go down the sewer river. Um, yeah, what's really interesting about this one is, and I reading this, um, you know, seeing this guy named Sam Stearns, yeah, Bruce up, and I'm like, I know that you know, I know that the leader is Sam Stearns. So, so I was trying to, but I'm trying to think back why. You know, it's it's kind of an interesting mystery. It's like, okay, he seems like a regular guy, but he's really the leader. Of course, you, we wouldn't have known that at the time. New readers wouldn't have known. Right. This was really the leader. So it's it's just, you know, very interesting to bring. Who had had his origin story back in issue 63. But the new thing about this is the concept that just like how the, the Hulk reverts yeah. back to Bruce, the leader yeah. also reverts back to Sam Stearns. 
who yes, is not he's smart. An okay guy. Yeah, and he's yeah, not an intelligent right. megalomaniac yeah. or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Like he never does this in modern days. He's just always the leader, right? He does. Um, during the Peter David days, around I think number three thirty one, three thirty two. Okay. We do, we do see leaders back back as Samuel Stearns, Sam Stearns, whatever. But he looks a lot different. I think he has like gray gray hair and a gray mustache. And I, and oh, okay. I don't recall at that point. I think he's more of a sinister character at that point, even though he's not, you know, he's, he's not the leader. But he, whereas in this case, yeah, he just he just seems like kind of your your average Joe. And you know, it's it's interesting how the two of them. Um, oh, it's funny. Page two thirty eight. They're so alike. Yeah. Um, the, the, the the fifth panel there. They um the the um word balloons are switched. So. Oh yes, they, um, I saw yeah, that. <laughs> exactly. But in a way, it's almost like they're very similar guys. Like you said, they're both um, kind of normal people. But you do get the juxtaposition between the two because Bruce is smart in his human form True. and dumb in yes. his Hulk form, but then Sam Stearns is dumb in his human yeah. form but smart in the the, the leader yes. form. So there's yeah. they play with those opposites a lot in, in this issue here. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So it was interesting stuff. I, I liked um, a little more of the, the leader's backstory coming into it. And, yep. Um, adds a little more of a dimension to him as well. It does. It's funny how much he's used, though, in this book. I mean, Jesus, we had we had him. Well, I mean, the last one fifteen to one seventeen, we had the leader, and then one twenty three and one twenty four. Here he's in one twenty nine, and I know he he shows up. I guess he doesn't show up again in this book. But no, I, I think this is it for him. Yeah. Now, but, does, uh, does the glob appear again? I don't believe so. I think this is the last time. I can't remember him coming back again after this. They so certainly I, I mean, hint could... that there's a possibility that he'll come back at the end here. Yeah. And in yeah, that, that hour, a... let all mankind beware. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that time hasn't come yet. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to I'd be curious to know if he did. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back at some point. But I don't. It, if they did, it was many years from this point. Yeah. Think. Right. Okay. Number 130. Plugging right along yes. here. Yes. If I kill you, I die. Yeah. That's sensible, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we're seeing the new Hulk logo, which, I mean, I think 129 had it, but it's, I just like how, um, I like how around this time they were working the, um, kind of the, the captions, the, the front cover captions sort of into the title, you know, like, like a nightmare comes true, Bruce Banner at the mercy of the Hulk. You oh, know? right. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of saying the incredible Hulk, sometimes they just have the Hulk or they just, it's just kind of, kind of, we'll see that. The last one, they didn't even have the, it was just right, Hulk. Just Hulk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Very, um, you know, again, we're talking about backstories, adding to the backstory. I mean, I, I like how this one has a friend of Bruce's from college. Um, and that's, um, you know, just being able to meet someone from Bruce's past. Raul Stoddard, that was um, this friend of um, Bruce's who shows up on two, page 258. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of reminds me of the leader a little bit with his uh, with elongated his big head. head. Sure. <laughs> we know he's smart because he's got a big forehead. Exactly. Right. <laughs> But you know, yet another situation where someone seems like the Bruce's friend or the Hulk's friend, and, and I think well, this well, yes, we I think we find out later. I think we find out later that this guy um, Stoddard is jealous of Bruce or something and doesn't have his best intentions in mind. That might be the next issue though, where that comes into play. Um, this is the first part to a multi-part story that we're gonna that's gonna take yes. us through the next few issues, and this is my favorite part of the book. Yeah. I just, yeah, sure. I just, when I was reading this, like, holy cow, the 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 story just kind of ramped up and took a yeah. took it to the next level. I, I yeah. really, really liked this start and the start. Mm-hmm. This issue is, is it mainly exists just so that we can split the Hulk and Banner, so we can have this story where the Hulk and Banner are two separate personalities. Yeah, and so yeah. now uh, this also gives us a time to learn 
um, to to show off how Bruce would take care of the Hulk if he were yeah. working alongside Ross this entire time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Uh, very interesting. I find that at this point, I I don't know if if Herb Trimpey is just rushing or what, mm-hmm. but he skimps a lot on the backgrounds in the last half of this book. It's like he kind of ran yeah. out of time. <laughs> the the first yeah. the first part starts fine, but once you get to these last few pages, especially if you go to the la- the very last two pages. Yeah. Majority of these panels oh, yeah. don't have any backgrounds in them at all. Yeah, sure. So I think sure. he was yeah. kind of rushing to to finish this up, and that kind of carries through. Like the starting the next mm-hmm. issue, John yeah. Severin has to be the embellisher. Yeah, exactly. And and, and Herb and Herb doesn't yeah. uh, go back to inking his own stuff from this point. Right, exactly. And but boy, I mean, it's just the difference qual our quality. I mean, right? I mean, John Severin coming in. Is, wow. Yeah, I really feel like. If they were to make another Hulk movie, that yeah. they should take this plot yeah, of splitting sure. the two for because it would do something different from the other Hulk yeah. movies that have been. Uh, it would also yeah. allow Mark Ruffalo to have a starring role oh, yeah. alongside yeah. the Hulk rather than you know him not sharing screen space. Because what they've done now with this kind of CG blend of the two characters yeah. together, yeah. Uh, it's great yeah. for for a story. But uh, I think it'd be cool to see the Hulk smash Hulk as well as Doctor Banner in the same movie, and this would be a way to do it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, 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 for sure. So next, yeah, issue one thirty one, a mm-hmm. Titan stops the Tenements, and get Iron Man here, and uh, so yes, they're continuing the story from before. And also introducing a new member of the cast of characters, Jim Wilson. Yeah, Jim is a good addition to the team. I like. Yeah, I like yeah. him. He adds a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he his own character. I think also just growing up in a in a broken down building that's that's definitely decrepit. In fact, he really shouldn't be in there at all, based on the huge yeah. hole that's in the side of that building. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he makes friends with Hulk. And this is yet another story of companionship, except this time the Hulk and Jim are both lonely and they're looking for the, yeah. the, for companionship with each other or they find yeah. it within each other, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really, um, this the scene um, on pages 278 and 279 where you see Jim really struggling within himself. You know, he, he, needs, he needs food, you know, he, you know and he's, he's starving and... He's forced to steal, and but he hates being called a thief. He doesn't want to be that kind of person. And yeah. his parents are, are are dead, and he's an orphan, and tears going down his cheeks. And and then there's the Hulk, and the Hulk is first kind of dangerous. Like you know, if you won't if you won't tell, yeah, basically saying like if if you won't tell anyone where the where, then I'm here, I'll let you live. Basically, is what the Hulk says. To yeah. Him. But but I like how um at the end there the two of them are sitting on Jim's couch. Yeah. And, and yeah, the Hulk, the world hates both of us because we're different. And I just uh. I thought that was really, uh, really good. So, and then, yeah, Jim gives him his candy bar. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And the Hulk yeah. gets, he sees some emotion. Like, he even understands this is your last food and you share it with the Hulk. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah. So, he, like, the, the Hulk is processing this new way. He's never been treated this way before. And it's new yeah. for him and it's very cool. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, of course, things have to kind of get, <laughs> get all so. messy again. Exactly. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, here Jim is like, talking to Bruce and, and then go back to the Hulk and everything. It's like, oh, yeah, they're two different people. So that's why. <laughs> I think what really makes this issue is John Severin's inking because he oh, is yeah. so good at facial expressions. And yeah. the scene where Jim and Hulk are talking together wouldn't mm-hmm. be as effective because I find that Herb Trimpey, while he's a great artist and I love his fight scenes and his action yeah. and everything, his facial features don't get yeah. to the same sort of emotional point that they do here. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a good time to bring 
to bring John on board. Yep. And uh, so yeah, it's um, Herb is great with the you know the, the multi-panel progressions as always on page two eighty-five. I yep. like uh, Jim and Hulk slowly coming out <laughs> of the tenement building. Totally. But but then again, it's another situation where it's like you know Jim has betrayed the Hulk and Hulk was Jim's trying to help the Hulk, but you know now Hulk's mad again because he's you know Jim, the boy who betrayed Hulk, but he'll pay for it. It's yeah. like poor Jim. <laughs> <laughs> And um, then we have another development at the end of this issue here where um, Bruce sacrifices himself yes. in order to, like, he's, he he wants to merge. He knows that if the Hulk dies, then it's going to kill Bruce, or at least that's his theory. So yeah. he said, well, you got to merge us back together again so that I can have a chance at living. So they merge together, but now it's not the it's not Bruce that remained, it's the Hulk. Right, exactly, and the, and the concern is, will he ever? I, probably, will he ever? Yeah, but will he ever change back? I, mean, I guess Iron Man is saying that it may mean that Banner's trapped inside him forever. So, yeah, yeah, um, and I guess it is a, a while at this point. I think it's yeah, it's still a few issues, it's isn't it? Quite a few Bruce. issues. Yeah, we yeah, don't see Bruce yeah. again until I think outer space. They go to outer space. Okay. Yeah, huh. but yeah, we can move on here to the next sure. one. Uh, this is Incredible Hulk number one thirty-two. It's called In the Hands of Hydra. This is where the book gets the name, and I'm glad they took this name because I feel like I get like I've said yeah. already. This is my favorite story in in the whole yeah. book. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. It's um interesting, like you were saying with John John's inks and uh, man, Hulk's uh, kind of fiendishly grinning face on page two ninety six. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, you know, really uh interesting expressions and it's great it's yeah. great and i uh so in this one um jim is taken aboard a hydra vessel like he doesn't know yeah. that it's hydra there's a great splash page on it's page nine page 303 and yeah. uh and, and and he doesn't know why they use some devious methods to convince jim that the hulk is uh, destroying or being being oh. destroyed by the U.S. government, and right. he he they need Jim to help free the Hulk. Yeah, but it's just a big exactly. ploy. So everyone's being used here. <laughs> but Jeez. there are some great. There's just some great artwork. I this pairing between yeah. these two people, um, uh, Trimpy and Severin, is just fantastic. Yeah. And I love oh, wow. on page three oh nine when the Hulk mm -hmm. is struggling to get out of the bonds around his neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's The struggle is real. It, it, the emotion and the strength that he's exerting yep. there, you can feel it. Yeah. It's so, wonderful. And in that vein, too, I mean, just on page 305, where you see Jim is being shown these films of the Hulk being tortured and attacked by the army. Yeah, yeah. You see how he's, like, just breaking down. and um, Totally. You know, I always, I just, you know, I always felt for Jim there well, a lot of, lot of times, but you just, you know, it's just, you can really empathize with the sadness he's feeling and, and just jump back real quick on page. What is it? Um, page two ninety eight when a uh, Hulk gets zapped and the fourth panel, he just looks so sad when he's on the floor there and Betty's saying, no, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. Um, but just Hulk's face just so sad. After been zapped. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a lot of, yeah, a lot of very cinematic quality storytelling you know, with here as far as, lot of little pictures telling a story and, and showing you um you know like yeah like jim's expression or leaving leaving the tenement building slowly you know you it captures it really tells a story well with the pictures so. yeah yeah it's so well done um yeah it, and, it's, and it's exciting and you, mm -hmm. it's not like a huge heavy action issue there's a lot of stuff yeah. that happens but there's no huge big fight between the hulk and something else except for like when he just busts out of out of his shackles that's about yeah. it 
And that's, yeah. so that's not what we're used to. It's a different, it has a different feel, a different flavor than what we've seen yeah. in this book. And it's still mm. really exciting though. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's so moving on to 133. Yeah. The day of yeah. thunder, night of death. This yeah. first splash page <laughs> is just incredible. Yeah. Uh, I sure. love how just everything, the perspective on it forces you right into the middle of this small image of the Hulk holding yeah. Jim Wilson's body. He doesn't know if he's alive or dead. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, exactly. it's just so good. The, the, the lettering on there is kind of a Sterenko kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. The tenderness of the Hulk splashing some water on Jim's face. And then, of course, then the army. And um, army arrives. And I, I like this interaction between General Ross and the Hulk where Ross is brave enough to go down there just by himself. He didn't take so, all of his know, tanks this time? Yeah, he left those home. <laughs> <laughs> But just the looming shadow of the Hulk, you know, yeah, coming closer and closer in those four panels. Yeah. And, and you can uh, see the, the the dirt behind him getting darker and darker because the yeah. Hulk is blotting out the sun. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, I love it. The drama is it so is. good. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, thankfully, Jim is able to prevent Hulk from making a really horrible mistake. So the point of this issue yeah. is that the Hulk stows away, in order just to get away from people, yes. stows away in a crate and is taken to this small country yes called um, what is it called for two uh man uh, um, Mor- morvania morvania <laughs> and this morvania. is yeah <laughs> this is a doctor doom type of a situation where there's a dictator yeah. that has control over the whole city except this guy doesn't come right. off it nearly as benevolent as doctor doom yeah. does to his citizens um yeah. <laughs> and the hulk is uh he, the, the crate that the Hulk is hiding in is a secret shipment of uh, of mechanical parts, and the the dictator's going to build this massive machine that's going to destroy the or conquer the rest of Europe. And now he wants to get the Hulk yeah. to help him out. And um, I, I've loved the story, but this this issue, this part of it, was just kind of a stepping stone to the next issue. And I was like, oh. yeah, right, right, <laughs> not that just great. funny, like. Just reading this, I you know, Hulk spends three weeks in a, asleep in a crate. Yeah, right. It's like wow. <laughs> and he must not. It's like it wasn't a deep enough sleep, probably because he was yeah. uncomfortable. So he didn't turn back into Banner. Can you imagine Banner's right. like he wakes up and he's in the crate? <laughs> <laughs> How did I get in here? Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's um. I know what you're saying. It's kind of a sort of a connector between these two stories. And this was kind of its own little two-parter, right? As far as um, as far as the dictator goes, whole, yeah, yeah, and more, of it, yeah, exactly. I love the scene at the end of um, one thirty-three, like on page two, on page three thirty-three. Three thirty-three uh, reminds yeah. me a lot of Frank, the Frankenstein. Um, I was going to say movie. the same yeah. thing, absolutely, yeah. the little girl, yeah. that the yeah. Frankenstein meets, totally, yeah, yeah. And this adds, you want to move on? Did you say, want to say anything else about 133? Uh, no, I think that's okay. Uh, the the, yep. the villain Drax and the dictator is, yeah. is yeah. not anything special. So, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, 134 in the shadow of the golem. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this was an interesting issue for me because the golem is an actual mythological yes. creature in Jewish history, right, yeah. Jewish mythology. Yeah. And there would have been a lot of Jewish people in the bullpen Oh yeah. Uh, at this point, Stan and Jack, of course, the most obvious or the most sure. well known, and so pe- they would have been well familiar with this tale. And um, yeah. so the story is that these there's a the the little girl that he met in the last issue. His her father is sort of like a, in a resistance right. group trying to exactly. overthrow the the dictator. Right. And the girl exactly. thinks that the Hulk 
is the golem, the pe- the the creature that is supposed to save yeah. their people, to come come to save yeah. their people. And right. uh, and in the end, he kind of does that, and yes. he uh, he does it not knowing that he's doing it. And I, I love just the way that this is played out because the people slowly come to realize what the Hulk's purpose is in their lives as well. Um, yeah, and it's it's just a well told story. Um, yeah, the dictator is used more effectively in this one because he is yeah. just kind of the 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 villain, someone to, for the Hulk to to fight against. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of this issue that just doesn't have a whole lot of talking. Yeah. That's, that is, um, yeah, like on page uh, 14, for example, I mean, it's like Fatum and Braca, 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 you know, just the, the sound effects of it. But yeah, I yeah. like. Um, well, then carry over to to page 15 yes. and 16. If you flip the page, yes. the girl says right. a few things, the Hulk says a few things, but a lot of their communication yeah. is told through actions. Yes, you're right. It's very the cool. Teardrop on the finger and a yeah. little hand on, on Hulk's elbow. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, I like how that she convinces him to to, to join, join up and help her father. And um, you know, Drax. And again, this reminds me of um, the leader in One Twenty Three, like where he had that giant um, like kind of tripod thing, and now yeah. Drax has got his thing. So another giant machine that the Hulk can destroy. And, uh, <laughs> now, was this one? Who is this one inked yeah. by? Because it looks Sal Buscema. This is yeah. okay. This is Sal. This is the beginning of Sal's run on um, embellishing Herb Trimpey's art. Yes, he sticks around for a little for a while, I think, and then I want to say then John Severn comes back. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, this was a, yeah, like you mentioned about the Jewish tradition. Tradition, it's um, it's some good history here, and this caused me to actually look look um, you know, look the golem up and uh, and in the story about it, the hist from from history. So it's a it's a educational stuff too. Yeah, and there's other great uh, comics that have to deal with the golem. Uh, if you look up a book called The Silence of Malka. It was recently. Okay. It's, an, it's a European book, recently translated by um, Eurocomics, and okay. it's fantastic. It, it tells the story of of Gollum as well. And then there's one also from Drawn and Quarterly by James Stern, uh, oh. that that talks about this story as well. So there's lots of different resources if you like comics to to go that yeah. you know beyond the Marvel world, and they're just yeah. uh, they're just great stuff. You learn a lot for yeah. sure. Yeah, and the good. Gollum actually comes back um, oh. in a. What in Marvel, uh, Marvel two and one? Okay, the yeah. thing has to team up with the Golem to huh. fight someone. I can't remember what that is now. That has been a while since I read that one now too. Um, okay. But uh, he he uh, he makes a couple more appearances in the in the late seventies, and then I don't think we see him really ever. Okay. Well, um, actually, that I should that that's interesting because the Golem actually doesn't appear in this issue, but another character right. called the Golem. That's what I'm talking about. Sure. Is yeah, is in I later gotcha. on. Yeah. Yeah, um, but right. I think they reference this early issue as well. I okay. can't remember. Cool. So that brings us to issue number one thirty-five, Descent yes. into the Time Storm, and I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but not on any of my Hulk ones because Kang has never been a, a character in, in Hulk so far. Um, but I am not a Kang the Conqueror fan. <laughs> I find his stories tedious and just not like they're they're they often don't make sense because of the way the time travel works or whatever. And, <laughs> I, and so this this issue I just didn't care about for the most yeah. part at all. And thankfully, yeah. Kang plays a fairly small role. Right. <laughs> yeah. He is only just a means to send Hulk to World War One. Yes. Um, that's about it. Yeah, that's um, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you about Kang as well. It's just like you know, going. I'm going to defeat. I'm going to conquer the 20th century, and it's just like, why? Well, I, I don't know. It's just it's right. It's doesn't really understand. I don't really understand. <laughs> it's ultimate. 
well, yeah, I mean, his ultimate uh, purpose really, you know, but um, how do you conquer a century? But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, of course, as a nod back to uh, the Phantom, Phantom Eagle. Yes. It's, it's kind of cool to find out that he's an ancestor of Bruce's. So that's a neat little tie in there. I think he's supposed to be an ancestor, right? I think that's the whole point. If Hulk kills the Phantom Eagle, then something along those lines, right? I mean, it, it somehow um, wipes out. No, I think that he said that Bruce's ancestor is working at the military range that is being attacked or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that it's a, a direct um, relation connection between him okay. and the Phantom Eagle. Um, okay, that's but, right. Yeah, so yeah. the the whole thing, the Phantom Eagle story is from Marvel Superheroes number 16. Mm-hmm. And that series was just an anthology series that featured a different character in each issue. And, and uh, sometimes it was, you know, one issue was Spider-Man, another issue was Medusa, and this issue is the Phantom Eagle. And then I think most notably, it was the launch of the character Captain Marvel. Yeah. So this was, I guess, another opportunity to bring him back. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, it was kind of not a not a great issue. I don't really remember. You know, it's just it's just another big Hulk battle issue. Yeah. The and the only thing that makes it special is that it takes place in World War One. So we get yes. a lot of cool air mm-hmm. air battles, especially. And uh, you mentioned already that Herb Trimpey really likes to draw yeah. airplanes. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. And he's actually go, the wow. co-creator of Phantom Eagle, with uh, okay. Gary Friedrich. Yeah. Yeah, I don't imagine he got many royalties from that. No, <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for that Phantom Eagle m- yeah. MCU movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, you know it's funny. At the end of this, where does Bruce end up? Sleep on a field, <laughs> or not a field, but at least on the grass. I guess a third time this has happened in this book. Yep, yeah. that's right. Yeah, no, I didn't really have much to to add to that. I just I I kind of missed the cast of characters in this one, so it's. I'm glad that they return soon afterward. Yeah, we don't see Bruce at all in this one either. He's still yeah. just the Hulk the whole time. Uh, what are your thoughts on yeah. Phantom Eagle? Do you like that him as a character? Yeah, I think it's... I Going back to Marvel Superhero 16, um, which, of course, is also in this book, I mean, it, it's, it was an interesting... You know, I'm, I, I find it... You know, we, we hear a lot about World War II heroes, you know, Sergeant Fury, Captain America, the other Golden Age heroes, but it's interesting to go back to World War One And... Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I found I did I, I enjoyed his, his story in Marvel Superhero 16 more because there's more of a, like a backstory, whereas he's just kind of a character in, in this one, I think. But um, in this in this whole comic, but yeah, I um I don't really have a you know either way like a huge feeling. I just um I, again I just think it's fascinating. I'm a big history buff, so characters from the from the more uh, distant past like that I find fascinating. Um, yeah. Well, what we can since we're here on this issue now, let's just talk yeah. about the Phantom Eagle issue, and then we don't have to go back to it later. Sure. Uh, if we, yeah, because yeah, this that issue was, I thought it was really great. It's it's a couple mm-hmm. years. It came out a couple years before this yeah. issue, so we have um, kind of Herb Trimpey's old style of artwork. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he does just a fantastic job. His airplanes, there's like mm. page page 11 of this Marvel superheroes issue, which is page 426 in the book. Yes. Uh, it's just, oh, it's yeah. just so fantastic. Yeah. He does a really, really good job. And I bet he had lots of little models that he'd keep sure. at his desk to, to yeah. keep going. But the whole, the whole story with him, with uh, the character, what's his real name? Oh, is it Carl Coffin? Carl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With Carl being American, but his parents live in oh, Germany. Yeah. 
And yes, so he true. he refuses to fight uh, in the war in overseas because he doesn't want to be bombing cities or like the country that his parents are living in, which I can right. understand. But does that make him, you know, a traitor or whatever? I don't know. Mm. So he dons this disguise in order to to do stuff so that his secret identity. Right. I don't quite understand why, because if he's if he doesn't want to, yeah, um, right. <laughs> if he doesn't want to fight, then why is he is he fighting even with a mask right. on? But I guess he's still fighting on American soil. He he doesn't okay. go overseas. Okay. But yeah, it yeah. has a it has a good ending where his best friend, who doesn't know oh. secret identity, um, is in a in a a dog fight that he shouldn't be in and eventually his plane yeah. goes down and Phantom Eagle tries to save him but he can't and he ends up dying and that's yeah. it looks like it could be a great origin story and yeah. a great beginning for a series however mm -hmm. I'm sure they were thinking a World War One ongoing series is never going to fly <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I guess that, I mean, that again I was did Roy write this one um I don't know who wrote this one. Um, Gary Friedrich. Oh, it's right there. Gary Friedrich. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting that Roy decided to bring Phantom Eagle into this. You know, a few years later, into into this story. Yeah. The Hulk. But um. Well, I'm yeah. sure. Fan, I'm sure that Roy. Roy always likes bringing in obscure characters. So sure. that's that's. Yeah. I don't think it's a huge surprise. Um, but it's uh, it, and it's nice to see these characters come back. Uh, Sergeant yeah. Fury at this time. When did it go to bi-monthly? Yes, because what basically was it was still monthly, but it was doing every 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 other month was a reprint. Yeah, basically. and I think I think it was around this maybe nineteen. I think it was nineteen seventy one. Yeah, so war titles in general were just going down as yeah. as we move into the Vietnam era. Vietnam. With yeah. that kind of storytelling was not as popular anymore, and so yeah. I can just yeah. imagine they're like, well, we're we're gonna not do any anything like that anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's yep. a very good point. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Well, should we get to the final two? Oh 136 yeah, thirty-six and one thirty-seven. Yeah. So Klaatu, the behemoth from outer space, from beyond space. Right. And Klaatu was a character from was it the the day the world stood still? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting they use that uh borrow that name. <laughs> it is because it would have been it was a fairly popular movie if I remember um, yeah so I can't it's it's odd because it's such a specific name especially spelling it with two A's and everything that yeah. they would use it again <laughs> yeah it's just you know again it's nice to have uh, Bruce back among the uh, the cast and for a little while for a little while exactly yeah you know this it very obviously you got the whole Captain Ahab sort of thing going here you know the nod um, there with the with, um, uh, the with the guy, I don't know. Does he? Do we see him in this issue or not? Maybe we don't see him until the next issue. But the the captain of this vessel um, that's been hunting Klaatu, which yep. is you know, basically like a white whale, and so there's an interesting little parallel there. Um, the whole thing is a huge Moby Dick parallel, and you, so like Zeron, yes. yeah. the Star Slayer, is like uh, Queequeg, the the harpoonist, yeah. and and sure, sure. yes, Cyborg, the guy from there, is definitely Captain Ahab, even yeah. with the ha like the instead of having lost his his leg or whatever he lost half his body um, yeah. he lost half of his whole body <laughs> his whole body's been turned into a um into a robot yeah. so that's yeah that's funny but yeah the parallels and this i understand is something that roy did often was take classic literature or other stories and use them as a basis for his uh, storytelling as well so this is a very obvious example of that for sure yeah yeah it's it's interesting, and I'm glad. Of course, at the very end, we see the abomination again. We had he was a really great villain. I found in the when he first when he and the Hulk first encountered each other, and the fact that the abomination was stronger and defeated the Hulk in the very beginning. And so, uh, 
um, you know, and then I think he appeared after that in Silver Surfer and I'm trying to think there's one other place. Maybe yeah, maybe it was just Silver Surfer, number fourteen, but I'm glad to see him back on a Hulk comic at the end of this issue. Right. So this is the second time he's been in Hulk. Yes. And yes. the last time we saw him he was drawn by Gil Kane. Right. And so yeah. now we have um Trimpy and Busema. Yeah. drawing him and he I think he looks a little bit better they're refining the way he looks yeah. I've always kind of liked the abomination for some reason I think he's just um, maybe because he's he's right there right in the, the Hulk's um, kind of class in terms of strength it seems like and so you never really know where things are going to end up yeah and he's different because he regains his intelligence yes. uh, right. and so that's nice too except he is uh, he's not the most honorable person so he uses yeah. his, his intelligence <laughs> and his strength for evil Yes, exactly, exactly. He's kind of like a hybrid of the Hulk and the leader, the leader in a way. You know, yeah, I guess not so. obviously brilliant like the leader, but yeah, he keeps that, that intelligence, like you said. So. This story takes place over a long period of time, because the Hulk is on board and just becomes sort of a member of the crew, and they go sailing through the seas, and like, they, yeah. there's this montage sequence where we see him at work with the other people doing repairs on the mm-hmm. ship, eating in the mess hall, sleeping and stuff, and. And this whole time he stays the Hulk, and I can just imagine like Betty and and uh, and Thunderbolt Ross are on on the ground saying, "It's been months. Yeah. We haven't seen Banner. Yeah. Where is he?" <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, interesting how Marvel time works like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I guess we've moved on to the last yes, issue here already. Sure. <laughs> yeah, because the, these issues and, really work well as one whole story, the two parts for yes. one story. So this last issue, number yeah. one thirty-seven, is called "The Stars, Mine Enemy." And yeah. Uh, and yeah, the Hulk and the Abomination kind of go at it because um, the Abomination is <laughs> just waiting for his revenge on the Hulk, waiting for the right exactly. moment. Um, yeah. And then, of course, like always in the in the worst possible time, he turns back to Bruce. And I don't understand <laughs> that exactly. It's like, and he just, <laughs> Roy's narration says, yeah. and while you sleep, for reasons no mortal can fathom, <laughs> he turns back into Bruce Banner. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess we just can't understand why they picked this exact moment when he's been right. on this ship for who knows how many months to yeah. turn back to Bruce Banner. <laughs> Yeah, that's always, it's always interesting to see where Bruce is going to end up. Interesting to see um, – what is – I'm trying to find the captain's name here. Um, oh, Cyborg. Well, he goes by Cyborg. Cyborg, yeah. Cyborg, yeah. Um, that's why I always got to turn the burger over. You know, you can't – you know, he just spends too much time, time <laughs> one side, one side <laughs> on the side. That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, and, you know, in, interesting. What I um, kind of find fascinating here is that the, you know, Cyborg and Xenon, I think, yeah, the, the, um, yeah. the Harpoons guy – they do end up back um, years later in Hulk 306 to 307, which were some of the Hulk first Hulk comics I ever read. So oh. interesting to have read those and then go back to this. And yeah, it's one of those few times you have some really obscure characters who are brought back. And, that's right. But that's a story, obviously, for another day. But when was that? What what era? What year is that? 1985. 85. So that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's a long ways down the road. About 14 years later. Yeah, yeah, and that's during the whole Crossroads saga. So it's kind of cool to see during that time. A connection back to Hulk's past. Yeah, but yeah, that uh, you know, more of these kind of multi-panel cinematic views, like um, on page four twelve of the book, um, nineteen of the story, seeing uh, you know, yeah, it, it basically, yeah, Cyborg and then the creature there, uh, Klaatu, like slowly sailing into the sun. So, yeah, yeah, very great. Yeah. And then it's kind of cool there, uh, you know, of course, Hulk and Abomination land on Earth at the end. And I, I, I like that scene with a little girl and her father there, seeing the two shooting what she thinks are shooting stars. Or what? What he? Yeah, or maybe the father he, thinks yeah, he that. Thinks and, it, yeah, yeah. But the two men. I like her take on it. Two men who fell off a star, fell so far they can't ever get back again. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, 
Yeah, you know, it's a uh, much, you know, volume four here. Um, certainly we're seeing a, a just better storytelling all around and uh, yep. deeper characters. Yep. So it's good stuff. Yeah, it is good stuff. I'm glad that we've gotten to this point. Um, mm. I have, I mentioned that, you know, that I've never really given the Hulk the time of day. I've said that in past episodes and, sure, and it's sure. nice to get to this point where, you know, I'm excited to read the next volume. I'm yeah. happy that it's, uh, that it's coming out soon. And, uh, uh, well, yeah. by soon, I mean it's almost like the toward the end of this year, so it's quite a few more months away. But, um, sure. but it's on the horizon, and I'm looking forward to that. And yeah. uh, you speak highly of the Salbusema mm. years. Yeah. So yeah, we still got a few years to go. Yes. Yeah, so, well, yeah, definitely. I um, you know, the next in doing my own reading of the Hulk to number one fifty seven, uh, one fifty six, and so pretty much a lot of the contents that are going to be in the next volume. Yeah, there is some definitely some good stuff coming up and. You know, in the next volume, I think one of the most interesting things is that the dynamic between Bruce and Betty gets shaken up, and and I think that really, I mean, there's just some really, arch, I think it was Archie Goodwin he comes in and tells some really great Hulk stories. So, nice. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a good. You'll enjoy this next volume even more, I think. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah, really looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. Any last words about uh, about this or um, this in yeah this in general? I guess. Yeah, you know, just I it's interesting thinking back to 2013 when uh, um, I first heard about these books that they're going to be made and um, the concept at the time of jumping around between these volumes, you know, not not doing it in consecutive order. I actually kind of like that idea. Is it's something fresh and you could um, tackle something that hadn't tackled before. Um, you know, something from 1985 that you didn't have to wait all these years for that book to finally come out. So um, I, I'm, I like how Marvel's releasing some later stuff, some later Hulk volumes at the same time they're releasing their earlier material as well. So right. it's, uh, um, it's getting to be a pretty massive collection. <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm, I was going to mention the bonus yeah. features on here. We get uh, oh, yeah. um, one page. We get the, the front cover to the Hulk annual number two, which was just all reprints, but Herb Trimpey oh, did yeah. a nice cover for that. Um, yes. The Phantom Eagle issue is reprinted in full in this epic yeah. collection, which is nice as well, yeah. along with uh, color keys from Marie Severin for for yeah. issue number 119. That's cool to see because you don't actually usually get to see that. Right. I believe it's yeah. like a a sheet of vellum paper or something that's laid over top of the black line that, that she colors. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really cool. And of course you got the self portrait. Yeah. The self portrait. Uh, yeah. You talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Just, uh, I remember seeing these advertised in the right. Yeah. 1970 comics and each, yeah. Each of the key Marvel artists was asked to do a self portrait of them surrounded by their most known character, the characters are best known for. So here we got, we do have Phantom Eagle. We do. Up on this page. <laughs> <laughs> One of his most well-known characters. It's cool. Cool picture. But, um, yeah, Herb sticks around for, until 193, um, so we still got a few more um, years of him, and then you know, then Sal's around for quite a while after that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that's some great. exciting stuff coming up. It is yeah. it's very exciting. Well, I'll say real quick too, we'll get we'll be seeing a lot more of John Severin in the next volume as well. Cool. That is, that's great. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Alex, for joining yes. us for another wonderful episode of The Incredible Hulk. And we look forward yeah. to uh, tackling Volume 5 when that one comes out. Yes, yes. And thank you, as always, for putting together this, you know, doing this great series. And, um, you know, it's a great way to promote the epics and to bring people into, uh, into the nose. Thanks. So, kudos to you. Yeah.